Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Get ready, get ready for the O'Shelly effect. On the big fan of the show, Chuck O'Shelly, and he's been known for many years as a blind DFK researcher specializing in intelligence agency involvement in multiple assassinations, propaganda, and other global criminal operations in the 20th and 21st centuries. Your listeners are extremely fortunate to have you. And now, the most underrated voice in all, in all media. Chuck O'Kelly! February 7, 2022, allegedly, according to that thing we call a calendar. And <clears throat> I know that this is the show you were looking for because you can hear me knock on my mic stand. Anyway, it is a Monday, a moon day, whatever, the first broadcast day of the week for the O'Kelly effect. And that means. I'm going to get to kick it off with my friend Hesher here in the first hour, which he is regularly in this spot, although it seemed irregular for a little while. That was not intentional. <laughs> so my friend Hesher is still here uh, uh, and, and thankfully able to do this with me tonight. In the second hour, we have the artist currently known as Terry Tapp, but uh, <clears throat> no idea or possible uh, precognition about what might occur in that hour, just letting you know right now. Could be a reading, could be something else. You never know. It's a little bit of a freelance situation on Monday, so never can tell. One thing I do is get the news together a little bit for Monday, at least try to inform you about uh, the world that allegedly is. But, <laughs> you know, some days I do better than others. I know this. Anyway, Hesher. Alternate Current Radio, that is your home spot, alternatecurrentradio.com. Of course, that's the home of what? The Odd Man Out, right? Let's see, The Daily Ruckus, The Sunday Wire, The Boiler Room, The Social Rejects Club. I know I'm forgetting people. Oh, The Mystical American Patriot Society? Yeah, yeah, and Soul Purpose, our buddy Mindspace Art. He's got a relatively new show there called Soul Purpose also. And, of course, all our oh, mixtapes so on Saturdays, yeah. Cool. Soul purpose. I like that. So it's, is it spelled like S O U L purpose? Oh, you know it. Okay. Yep. You know what? Something new for me to check out. Who's the host of that show? That is our friend mind space art. He goes by the handle of mind space art and, uh, it's a great show. He's, uh, really into, uh, his craft and he's the guy that helps us with our video editing as well. He is a uh, master nice. video editor also um he's from his his site is west lexicon media out there on all the social media pages cool okay well i i you know what it is i heard you say that to begin with and i wasn't sure that was the host name <laughs> <laughs> mind space art no but uh can, can you just call him art for short when you when you talk to him or what yeah yeah he'll take that or mind space whatever or Mindspace. I don't know. Mindspace is a way cooler name. See, I couldn't think of an invented radio name. That's why I used my own. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have a good one. It's it's a lack of imagination, truly. It was like, first of all, uh, I figure, screw it. They're going to figure out who I am eventually anyway, someday. So I don't care. Let them know. And also, eh, I don't really have anything better. So I chose something that I knew nobody would copy. Anyway, Hesher. <laughs> I, I have seen another Hesher somewhere. We did talk about that at one point. There was a character in a movie, but maybe we got other things to get to. Good to check in with you, though, and see that uh, things are developing. I have a new show, but I'm not allowed to reveal who it is that's going to be hosting very soon. Should be toward the end of February or the beginning of May, or excuse me, uh, March. February to March, yeah, okay. 
keeping my stuff straight. Uh, end of February or beginning of March, we'll have a new show, which um, will be entirely different from everything else on the network. I am uh, creating an, an eclectic space uh, uh, of uh, misfit toys that are all on the island called Ocelli that happen to be uh, uh, radio hosts. So, you know, working on it, not doing it quite as well as you, but uh, trying. Hey, it's a grind. It is a grind, man. It's like herding cats, uh, including including myself. <laughs> well, you know, first of all, you got to control yourself, and that can be a full-time job for some of us. And I think you and I have had time periods in our life where that was two full-time jobs. Um, oh, so, yeah. you know, sometimes you got you got to learn from your reckless youth or maybe just learn to get a little less damaged as you're being reckless. Anyhow... Let's just get to some of the news that allegedly is, <laughs> if you don't mind. Yeah, let's hear it, man. Uh, let's start with the stupidest thing I could find. Um, so, okay, Spotify, right, is uh, is now uh, removing some Rogan episodes because <laughs> of the N-word. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, I said that. Um so anyway, apologies back and forth, the CEO and everybody talking about exactly how financially tied Spotify is to Joe Rogan because, you know, he had a $100 million deal with them or still does. You know, not exactly the outside of the mainstream guy when you're getting $100 million. I, but anyway, look at his logo. Make decisions for yourself. Okay, <laughs> let's move forward. I might get back to uh, Rogaine, excuse me, Rogan later. Um but uh, it is what it is. Uh, let's see, Trump and his uh, records and what's going on there. And they had to uh, get 16 boxes from Mar-a-Lago to return them to the National Archives. A sort of non-story, but weird. And I got to tell you, I got mixed feelings about it, only in as much as this. Um, the papers that a president creates while in office belong to guess who the people that paid him which is you and me they're supposed to be stored at the national archives and i've had this complaint about guess what the past uh one two three four four yeah four presidents for sure not entering everything into the national archives so i'm not surprised uh although allegedly uh the the letters between him and kim jong-un were also part of what had to be collected from mar-a-lago which Makes it interesting to me, but other than that, I think it's a non-story. I think they're trying to fold it into other things, and here we go again. Letters <laughs> like like him and Kim are like writing handwritten letters to each other or something. What what do they mean, letters? Yeah, remember when Trump said, uh, you know, we fell in love. He wrote me a letter. We fell in love. Remember that whole silliness? <laughs> oh, we're pen pals. Okay. Yeah, right. so they were like exchanging letters at a certain point, and believe it or not. That stuff becomes uh, public property when you leave office. Even the weird back channel thing that Kennedy had with Castro, you know, right before he was killed, that whole thing. And, uh, uh, you know, like the record of it as it existed, which was sparse, and also his letters with Khrushchev, which were not publicly known at the time he was in office. Well, they do become known. They become part of the National Archive. Anything you do as president while you're in that office, you're, you're supposedly at the job of doing the people's business. So Is that only for handwritten stuff? Like, does it change when email comes in? I mean, I'd love to see everybody's uh, uh, four- to eight-year email records, if that was possible. Uh, no. no, see, that is that is the challenge I've been waiting to see how the National Archives is going to deal with. Because, uh, uh, frankly, in the Trump era, you know, you realize, I mean, Obama was like the first Twitter president, really. And then Trump took it to another level because constant, constant tweets. Right. So you got four years worth of tweets. And possibly you could say that uh, d during the presidential campaign, there is a uh, historical record there that needs to be collected. I mean, I'm trying to be totally vanilla about this. No, yeah, yeah, me too. I just want to understand this. What about all the tweets that uh, Twitter removed of his? Maybe they should have been held for posterity, or is there like a uh, presidential archive wayback machine that needs to be installed here? I mean, well, all <laughs> yeah, all of that stuff as it's happening is supposed to be retained and preserved. Even the digital, the electronic, all of it. I'm going to cry um, uh, false and fake and just a total scam on this this whole thing. There's no way. 
They're they're showing us stuff that hasn't been curated and or just placed there to you know prop up narratives and stuff. There's no way. I don't, I'm not buying this. Oh no no! I'm just telling you the official explanation of what yeah. should be done allegedly. No, I agree uh, that that would that is how it should be done. These are <laughs> these are our employees allegedly, so we should be able to audit them uh, fully. Hmm. Totally understand, and, and I and I think in and in stages too, because there are some things that obviously should not just go out in the public domain right away. Again, vanilla surface level, no conspiracy implied or anything like that. You would say that there's a reason to keep certain things redacted for the time being for uh, national security. That could be a legitimate explanation, although it's been highly abused over the years. Um, that could be an official explanation, which means eventually they still get curated by the National Archives and put away, supposedly, but they're not to be revealed for X amount of years. This I understand, but still, retention is the issue here where, I'll tell you, in the past four administrations, I know for a fact that there were problems with retaining the documentation. So, you know, uh, is it is it the task that they're overwhelmed by, or is it the task that they really don't want to do but allegedly do? Yeah, yeah, and let's let's also not forget that we are now a country that will go occupy another country for over twenty years. Uh, if you look at the whole Afghanistan fiasco, uh, I mean, yeah, it would have been nice if maybe seven years into that, some of the those communications, the actual raw communications were released, even if they were curated. I imagine it uh, might have convinced people that, hey, this isn't the greatest idea. Uh, what is all this about? I mean, could you imagine <laughs> seven years in if a whole data dump had happened? It's like, okay, yeah, that stuff, it's uh, it's expired. It's a uh, national security thing. But no, we'll wage a, we'll wage a occupy or a war in a country for 20, 21 years and mm-hmm. uh, just not tell anybody, you know, well, and what's our debt up to now? Like $30 trillion. I think it was like, t- there was like a couple trillion dollars missing and a big fat debt when 9-11 happened. And now here we are post Afghanistan in the middle of the uh, pandemic industrial complex and the pandemic, the war against the virus. Uh, how long is that one going to go? Well, that's the other thing is how long are we going to, you know, have to wait to get the actual documentation regarding the behavior of this administration currently and the last regarding this situation? Because don't forget, didn't start under Biden. But, uh, you know, so you need access to both administration stuff in order to get a picture here. But uh, will we have that within the next 50 years? I don't think so. Uh, you know, yeah. and a fair question there with Afghanistan, because let's get to it. How long after 9-11 did we invade Afghanistan? Almost immediately, because the first planes flew and did bombing sorties, what, within a couple of days. So you're telling me that all the way back to 2001, sometime around, say, I don't know, 2010, 2012, they couldn't have started releasing more of this stuff that would have given us an idea about how that occupation started. Uh, Yeah, but they didn't, did they? No, they ramped it up. They gave us Bin Laden. They're like, oh, here, check it out. We got this crazy story for you about Bin Laden. Okay, Hmm. guys, uh, I guess we're still buying that one too. But yeah, yeah, you know, instead of instead of any sort of like oops maybe we weren't exactly right about this guy it was like here's a uh dubious case of him you know being uh taken out by seal team six and then uh dumped at sea while we're all lied to lied to and told that that's something normal for uh for his culture (laughs) what a joke yeah that was the weirdest thing to me is i don't remember in uh you know muslim uh In, in Muslim tradition, where the ocean was even present, you know, it, it, anyway, burial at sea. Yeah, that comports with. No, it doesn't. Yeah, right off and, the right off the back of a aircraft carrier. That's just, you know, it's, it's standard. Well, you know, there's air, yeah, there, I mean, there's <laughs> aircraft carriers in the Quran. Sure, I mean, read a book. Um, just saying. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, go back to this other thing though. Uh, look, there's a whole other conflict everybody forgets about. And that is, uh, in my estimation, the, uh, 
illegal and immoral destruction of a sovereign nation under false pretenses that we call what? The Iraq War. Oh, wait a minute. That didn't even really happen, did it? Mm, right. But, yeah. you know, ain't no attention to that either, right, Hesher? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, hey, at least at least when it was uh, Iraq, they, they rolled out uh, Colin Powell, you know, and he had his little vials of powders and his uh, intelligence reports about Viagra gangs and uh, people that were smashing incubators with premature babies and, uh, you know, WMDs, of course. Like, that was... You know that got people. That was like, oh, people like, oh no, oh hell no, we're not, we're not standing up for that. You know, we better, we better get in there and make sure uh, we destroy that place and have that guy, you know, taken out in the streets and uh, butchered. But uh, hey, now they the <laughs> they don't even bring out like a general or anything anymore. They just bring out a State Department spokesperson to say, uh, yeah, there's gonna be. You know, this is going to happen. And they're like, the reporter's are like, why? Mm -hmm. How, what proof do you have? He's like, I just told you. And they're like, no, no, no. You said there was intelligence or a report. And he's like, yeah, I'll give you the, I'll give you the transcript of this, uh, this talk we're having right now afterward. <laughs> it's like, what happened to having like a, you know, a boss looking general come out and tell you this stuff. Now we just get these, uh, these emaciated, oh, crap. Ah, oh, crap, crap, crap. Uh, let's get these emaciated weirdos. Damn it. I just disconnected from Chuck on accident. That was my bad, my bad. Sorry. Call me back. <laughs> Arg. Okay, I went to break because I hate that stupid ringing noise to be on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's cool, man. Mine's still live, just so you know. Sorry about that. I had a call come in and I slapped the wrong button. Nah, no issues, man. I'll just uh, we're we're just off air at this very second. So let me just grab uh, there, grab another bumper thing. Okay, I'll bring us back in off of the same piece of music that's still playing, cool. and uh, we'll continue. Okay. Cool, cool. Hold on, you'll hear it. So rejoining the live broadcast because <laughs> somehow we lost Hesher really quickly there, but I wanted to get him back because he was making a spectacular point about the emaciated, you know, uh, general undersecretary, uh, who cares what his name is, guy that comes out in a cheap suit to tell you, uh, I'm telling you what the intelligence says. Well, what's your proof? And this is an AP reporter asking him, what's your proof? Oh, I just told you. Yeah, that's you telling me something. That's not proof. That's not evidence. Such an amazing clip. <laughs> I loved it. That was just like the most blatant display of of how far down we've gone. It's like it used to it used to take a military officer in a congressional setting to convince everybody. And now you just bring up some emaciated dweeb in a cheap suit and with a with a plastic <laughs> smile who will just look right in your face and know that you know that He's lying to you and not cares. Just, I don't understand that that soulless. Uh, see, what is that? Yeah, and like I said, see, and like I said, at least they used to do the whole listen. It's classified right now, you know. An explanation that says I'm not going to tell. And even though I know you're probably BSing about it's classified, is <laughs> at least say something like that. It's classified. We cannot reveal our movements beforehand. Something. Something like that. Like you said, it would be better if you heard it than, you know, uh, uh, the guy that's uh, the vice principal of the uh, nearby Catholic school. I mean, <laughs> for real, this is not this is not correct. This is exactly the guy who is uh, not necessarily even a Catholic school, by the way. Let me not even be that particular about it. How about your local private school, whatever? OK, the vice principal, not the guy who's even in charge. The guy who works for the guy in charge. OK, that's who it looks like is coming out there and not even, I don't know what to say anymore. <laughs> it's just, you know, like how, how do you, I'm, I'm the authority. I just told you. So therefore I've given you the evidence. Yeah. Oh, and so, I, I loved, I loved his other comeback too, which was, um, well, if you don't want to believe the, the uh, illustrious governments of the UK and the U S then fine, go ahead and, uh, you know, 
uh, takes solace in in Putin's narrative. And then the other, there was another gal that was talking to Saki earlier that day, and she got told, "Fine, if you want to, don't believe me, then just go get some news from ISIS. You know, believe ISIS's news." It's like what this <laughs> we're at like fifth grade fifth grade level uh, argumentation here from you know <laughs> the power structure. It's so weird. I don't have to shut up. When I look at you, I want to throw up. Right. So why don't you grow up? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's weird. Anyway, you know what's funny about that is that today, and I think it's the same guy, but again, they're so blurry as far as, you know, having no character or anything. Uh, I think it's the same guy. might have been uh, Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby. Might have been. Now, the only reason why I might know that vaguely, and I could be exactly wrong, because honestly, a lot of white people look alike. Um, and the thing is that then this guy is clearly one of those kind of guys. John Kirby. Was that racist, Tasher? No, no, no. And and you're right. If you're the other guy you're thinking of is, okay. is Ned Price, I believe, who was in it with Matt Lee the other okay. day. And Ned Price is like the new John Kirby, as far as I can tell. He, they, they, they could be clones or cousins or brothers or something like that. I, I've called, I call Ned, Ned Flanders, though. He reminds me a little bit more of Ned Flanders. Well, but see, Flanders would at least go, Oakley, Oakley, why don't you, you know? I mean, you know, you, you, you do the, well, we wouldn't want to uh, get any people uh, upset about the narrative, uh, you know. Right, right. Just, Ned Flanders wouldn't lie, though. Ned Flanders, as far as I can remember, is not the lying type, you know. He's he's a man of God and all that stuff. But uh, You know what? That's a good point. But John <laughs> Kirby today wanted to come out and make it very clear that, uh, you know, Putin is the aggressor and all that. And I thought it might be the same guy because they just sort of blend together after a while. Um, but, uh, again, you, you're probably correct about the ID. But I can't swear to it either because, again, no standout. They're just sort of generic. Generic. That's the term I was looking for. And of course, uh, uh, Putin came out today to say exactly the opposite, that NATO is the aggressor. I mean, the whole thing is, you know, it, it reminds me of the old Soviet stuff where it was like, you are indeed the aggressor. No, sir, you are the aggressor. It, it just, the, it, it, it's just less, it's less entertaining. Nobody's banging their shoe on the gavel thing at the uh, UN saying they're going to bury us without a shot. No, that's not happening. It's just... <laughs> It's just blah. Right. Is it happening over uh, Twitter? I mean, are we going to get to the point where these are just tweets going back and forth? Because it feels like that's kind of where our, our government like uh, debate has descended into. Yeah, right. I mean, look, despite all the pressers today over this and that, and Biden's meeting with, uh, what, Germany's chancellor, and Putin's meeting with Macron, and honestly, this, this is all the puppet show. This is all the puppet show. It doesn't speak to what's really happening still. Uh, anyway, you know what? Speaking of speaking of stupid things that happen in public, I, I know you like this one. Uh, I, I love how Stacey Abrams cannot stop shooting herself in the foot despite the fact that she's against guns because <laughs> she goes to a class to do a photo op. They've clearly laid it all out. She's not wearing a mask. All the little kitties are. And what is her defense? Well, uh, you people are attacking me because Black History Month or something. And I just, it's its like, no, we're attacking mask hypocrisy. And at the end of the day, honestly, if you land on the mask doesn't matter, then the mask doesn't matter. She is so, so bad at trying to be opposition. I just, I don't get it. I just don't get it. She's clearly going to lose in the governor's race again. And clearly the libertarian candidate is going to take their 1% home. And whoever the Republicans run, well, governor, next governor of Georgia, I promise you. She is pointless as a candidate, period. Anyway, you want to talk about other pointless stuff? Just just in media news, how about this one? Hesher, let's see what you think of this. <laughs> <laughs> you, you notice the guy at CNN, the, the, the head guy over there, Jeff Zucker, well, he had to resign. You, did you catch that whole story uh, oh, recently? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did, man. Yeah, kind of reminded me. Uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. What, what do you think about that one, man? I, I, did, I did follow that one a little bit. Okay, I, I, I'll, I'll hit you with this. It is the Fredo that keeps on giving. Okay, the embarrassing Italian list. I, I go to it again with the Cuomos. 
uh, Chris Cuomo, who was on there, I, I generally refer to him as Meathead. Uh, you know, hey, let's get to it. This is the real deal. I'm a lawyer. Ah, Chris Cuomo. Uh, I'm a lawyer, and in fact, I'm going to turn around and help my uh, brother with his sexual harassment problems and also try and report on it at the same time because that's ethically sound. Good idea there. They had to get rid of him finally. Uh, but the, he's the gift that keeps on giving because this Zucker thing, he had a consensual relationship with uh, some female co-worker. And, uh, you know, that used to be called just meeting people, by the way. I know, you know, you're not supposed to abuse the power dynamic on a PC. I know. But truthfully, you met people at work, you met people at work. And it used to be called discretion. Okay, when, when you didn't, like, tell everybody. But now the guy who's the head of the network resigns. I mean, I don't feel bad for him, but, <laughs> you know, what the hell? Uh, like, you, you keep your, dis, you know, discretion is the better part of valor, not if you work for the coronavirus news network. And I'll tell you something else, it, it, it makes no sense. It would have never been discovered, though, without people having to double check on what Meathead Cuomo was doing. So Fredo keeps on giving, not only to his own family, who, by the way, noticed that Andrew Cuomo did exactly what I said he would do, which is end up with no sort of real penalty for anything. On the one hand, on the other hand, some of the allegations were a little eh, suspicious. Uh, but on the, but so I don't know if we're looking at a political hit, elites acting stupidly. I mean, or all of the above. Uh, but but no criminal consequences. Whereas other people get punished for you know using the wrong tone or uh, pronoun. So I, I don't know. I don't know. But I will tell you that it's a gift that keeps on giving because. Uh, moral platitudes and all, they've got no right to any of the high ground. And CNN, come on. What are your thoughts, Asher? Oh, man. All right. Uh, I think sex scandals are a total smokescreen, you know, at this point, especially when it comes to someone like this guy and the network he's been running, uh, the amount of documented lies that this dude has pushed uh, I think all these people, all these presidents of these media companies should be most likely uh, in jail for what they've done, you know? So to me, it's just, it was kind of like the same with Cuomo, you know? Uh, he, he was responsible for thousands of people's deaths because of the way that he responded uh, to, the, to the corona thing. And what did he go out in? He went out in a sex scandal too. A sex scandal is a giant nothing these days. I mean, look at... Look at the kind of lifestyles they promote on all popular culture now. I mean, it's all degenerate sex stuff. It's all alcohol 24-7 and pills and drugs and pharmaceuticals and adultery and all this stuff, you know? It's like that, that no, one, no one under 60 gives a crap about sex scandals these days. And it's like CNN, I mean... What we've learned in the last six months, this guy Benny tweeted this out. I'll read it. What we learned in the la in about CNN in the past six months. One, the president of CNN cheats on his wife with subordinates and covers it up. Two, CNN employed multiple pedophiles. Three, CNN's top anchor intimidated, covered up uh, sexual abuse victims. And CNN still employs a serial public masturbator. Uh, <laughs> I like that. That was a good tweet there, Benny Johnson. I, I don't know who you are, but I like that tweet. That is a pretty good summation, though, isn't it? Yeah. And you know what? Half of the stuff on that list, I don't care about. Do I care if a guy is having an affair on his wife if he's running a news network? Show no, me a workplace that that is not happening at. <laughs> and in some cases, almost unbelievably, like you can't even imagine. Seriously. I mean, that was life in in any workplace almost uh, and and it still is i would wager if i was in one there'd be someone doing yep. that if not a whole bunch go, of people doing that go to your local grocery store i promise you the manager of that store at some point has like i don't know been with some of the girls that work in the deli i i, I serious i mean promise you <laughs> there's been cashiers that left because the assistant manager broke up on them Check it out. I'm serious. Go ask. Go ask one, you know, place where you know the people that work there. And see, you know what? Is this is kind of thing. Ever? They'll tell you that, and that's a grocery store. Got it? I mean, really. What are we talking about? Real world. 
I'm not saying people should abuse people or do the whole, you know, sleep with me or you don't have a job. I mean, that kind of stuff. Yeah. People need to get punished for that. That's wrong. But I mean, the fact that people are going to interact, meet with each other and decide to hook up, whether they're violating their own vows or not, none of my business and none of anybody else's business. I mean, outside of, you know, what them, their, their, their significant others and God, they can figure it out. I don't have time for this. So I don't understand why it's an issue. Well, when it comes to this other stuff, it's pretty interesting. The pedophile thing, that's weird because they found producers and all this other stuff doing all kinds of dirty things. I mean, it's just, it's a mess, man. It is. So, and and Don Lamont is next. They're coming after Don Lamont. They don't talk about it much, but he's got some sort of uh, sexual misconduct suit going against him right now that's not He's got a couple of them. Yeah, and and you know they've been saying that they're going to have a a new president coming in anyways, and you know I think this is all part. This is like the the softball destruction of CNN here because it's already a trashed uh, brand, and they're going to have to rebrand it, and they're going to get rid of all these people, but they're going to get rid of them in the quietest way possible. So you know with Zucker, it's like, oh well, we don't want to we we don't want to we don't want to see Zucker. Um, you know, up up on treason charges or something, you know, if we were to really have access to all his emails too and figure out who the heck, you know, what NGOs and pharmaceutical companies he's been talking to and what those discussions are like and what their lawyers' discussions are like and the things right. that make the money go around. No, we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about how his, his network, along with the rest of them, destroyed everybody's businesses and ruined people's lives and, you know... uh through the last two years with this garbage that they've been spewing at us. No, we can't have that, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. So let's give them a little sex scandal here. Oops, forgot to divorce your wife and sign the paperwork with HR. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, folks? Do you think that the president of CNN <laughs> is subject to the same stupid slave rules that you're subject to, you know, in, in whatever industry you work in? Uh, yeah, you may get treated that way. You may lose your job and your wife that way. But this guy, he does not live by the same rules as us. Well, no. And this was the same point, by the way, in case anybody thinks I'm just making this, you know, open season on liberals. This is the same point I made about the Fox News scandal uh, uh, bundle yeah. that happened where Roger Ailes, look, he's an elitist like Zucker, and maybe more so. And you know what? He was abusing people. That makes perfect sense to me. Uh, I'm sure <laughs> that that was part of reality. There's been plenty of women came out, said he did this, that third thing. And then what was it? Bill O'Reilly. And I don't remember who else they, they, they had to go after. There were lawsuits. Every, this always comes up at a time when it is time to clean house. So, this is just what happens. Here's the excuse to get rid of these people. But really, I suspect on all angles, no matter what side of the political aisle you're on, the reason why you do this is so that you can protect the real dirt. And that's what I think happened here every single time. And, and I do mean it. It's across the board. This is the way, ready, corporate media functions. Anyways, <laughs> I don't know what you think about all that, but uh, not you, Hesher. I know what you think about it. You just told me. But I mean, I don't know what you guys out there think about it, but I got to remind you about something else, too, since we're talking sex scandals. Um, you know, the Ghislaine Maxwell thing. Where is that going next? And is the limited hangout done hanging out? I don't know. Uh, I saw a discussion panel on. I'm going to include a link with the show notes uh, from uh, at least two guys that I found really interesting. One of them I had a report on the case on the show, Marlon Ettinger and uh, Joseph L. Flatley. And there's a third guy I don't even recognize or remember his name, but there was a little roundtable discussion about where's this going to go from here. I know you guys got a lot of thoughts, but remember, uh, a little bit of slash and burn is usually followed by a lot of cover up and, uh, you know, disconcern <laughs> okay you, you you get rid of it after a bit you, you do the the sacrificial lamb and then you say the gods have been satisfied move on that is the way this usually works so i don't know there might be more to come out of the whole gillane thing but who knows wasn't i it, think she'll survive wasn't it but wasn't sorry it, go ahead sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you but wasn't it convenient how um we got into this whole 24-7 Ukraine-Russia hysteria, like just as that was starting to get interesting there with that, that juror who it 
turned out may maybe shouldn't have been a juror and all these strange things going on there and maybe some new uh, pleas going to be put in and I don't know it just seems really weird to me and and also of course Twitter started uh, removing the accounts of the people that were following it the most cogently so yeah mm -hmm. it's um, people should be very dubious of uh, the way that story has kind of just disappeared. Well, I think it also links to the the fact that you have a member of the royal family who is now actually threatened by lawsuits. Yeah. And simultaneously, what do you get for your Anglophiles out there? Well, Camilla is now going to be legitimately considered to maybe take the throne if Charles becomes king. Dun, dun, dun. Are you enjoying that reality show of reptiles? I don't know what to tell you about that, but I, I found that interesting because always thought that was like that line there they weren't going to go for is that the uh, you know the, the previous mistress who he had married and legitimized was not going to be legitimate among us. But, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes, I guess. Right. <laughs> but but meanwhile, don't don't lose sight of the fact that uh, you got Prince. What's his name over there? one of the two bald princes, uh, you know, it, it caught up for real. They took away some of his titles and all that stuff. Now, will that end up in any sort of like jail time for the blue blood? I doubt it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's see. Representative Kinziger today said something of interest, and usually I his news clips and uh, flashes, but got to say I found it interesting that this guy was saying, uh, quite bluntly, that he uh, felt as though we needed to worry about an upcoming civil war in this country. Uh, and he said it repeatedly across different networks. And I'm wondering why that message is being pushed at the moment. But, you know, should we continue to pay attention to that? Because after all, the U.S. assessment of what's going on at the borders of Ukraine are that Putin is about ready and almost has every single thing in place to invade. And that's going to be a big story because, you know, you only care about the Ukraine when it's time to care about the Ukraine. But uh, that's an interesting thing. And I don't believe it's going to be the wag the dog scenario that some people do uh, because they're also simultaneously trying to reboot the now defunct reality TV series called The War on Terror. So I say stay tuned there because ISIS will always get itself another leader, even though it was supposedly destroyed, just like Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi had to die, what, six times? So, you know, introducing new characters coming to a political theater near you. I think the, the, the war on terror is going to have a sequel. And if they can't sell you that, trust me, they'll come up with something else. But Ukraine, it is uh, an, an insurmountable mess. And pff, here we go. What are they going to wag the dog with? Oh, also, just in masking news, since I'm crunching up my papers now and just thinking about the things that I was also going over the three states that are now looking to lift mask mandates and people are now going against them, even though they were supposed to be the ones that were all in on it and all this other madness. I got to tell you, it's interesting when I see New Jersey as one of those places, because I thought governor Murphy there was uh, absolutely not going to budge uh, on any of this stuff. And apparently Somebody talked a little bit of sense to him that said, you know, maybe we shouldn't have these kids masked up in school all day because it doesn't make enough sense to do so. But uh, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. And we'll see what people are going to continue to put up with, because after all, let's not forget the other twisted narrative of the day. And that is the truckers in Canada. And before I say anything about that, Hesher, just in general, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the little trucker movement in Canada? Uh, I'm for it. I have no problem with it. I think uh, they need to be careful about uh, what kind of circles they run in because this is the kind of thing that, you know, uh, will draw some shady characters sometimes, but the sheer amount of uh, citizenry that are supporting them uh, is pretty inspiring. I saw some side-by-side -side video of uh, the pro-trucker uh, locations and rallies versus the uh, anti, you know, the counter protests, the people that are, you know, wearing masks and saying, get out of my city and, and that kind of stuff. And it was pretty staggering. I mean, you know, tens of thousands of people versus maybe a hundred or so people uh, and the tens of thousands 
They seemed happy. They all had their Canadian flags out. They were very uh, united in the F Trudeau uh, sort of memeing that they were doing. Um, there were all different kinds of people, all different races and ages, children, um, you know, adults, all different kinds, vaxxed, unvaxxed, so-called. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's all great. And, you know, now they're uh, inspiring other people in other countries. So there's similar things that are, that are kicking off in other countries. Um, but I, I spoke with uh, Mark Anderson last week, and we were talking about um, the, the narrative, like taking over the narrative. Like you can take over a location, and you might even be able to cause enough of a stir to um, get the person out of office that, that you blame you know, your grievances on. But uh, the, the, you know, he and I maintain that the real problem here is that the, the mass media is in control of the narrative and that um, you know, if you're going to encircle uh, Parliament or whatever, you might want to you know point some of your attention at uh, you know your your local CNN or your local BBC or one of these places that have been pushing the lies that make this this sort of tyranny uh, actually happen. Because you know you can go, you can, maybe you get Trudeau out, but who do you get next? You get some other you know World Economic Forum ghoul who's you know masquerading as a, a less bad uh option when really it's just the same option with a different flavor so yeah that's that's kind of where i'm at with it and um i hope that they stay there for a whole two weeks to flatten the the curve of tyranny if you get my drift no i got you and the thing is it, it may be the cbc you got to consider but i'm sure they're also infiltrated by american media and speaking of the word infiltrated that's another problem here because <clears throat> I do remember some other kind of trucker rally that once took place that got hijacked by uh, some people. <laughs> I do remember some other rallies that uh, took place that got hijacked by some other people. Uh, I do remember a bunch of things that were meant to be laid out there for people to participate in that were actually completely fictitious and uh, people tried scams. Now, I'm not saying that the truckers that are doing this right now are those people, but if they make the wrong allies, they may end up with people like that among them. Yeah, dude, check so this they out. they need to be careful with that. Yeah, they mm-hmm. do. You're right. Check this out. Someone sent me an article. Uh, thanks, whoever that was. Uh, and it was like the headline was um, Justin Trudeau's former former sniper uh, working f- security, you know, new security chief for the truckers or something like that. Like, you get people like that coming into a movement and, and you know, good people with with honest intentions in mind start looking up to people like that and you know i'm not Mm. i'm not trying to and this is a a muddy area because you'll find you know people like that sometimes that are honest but oftentimes you'll find people like that that are not honest and they start planting you know seeds of seeds of destruction in your movement and um it's yeah it, it can be a mess and here's another example the media will will do setups too the uh the mass media will will show up there. Uh, I got another picture of uh, what uh, what has become memed out as a Fed boy now, F E D B O I. That seems to be uh, what all the young media maniacs are calling it when um, when media infiltrators and um, Feds show up to try to do media ops because this is something that's common. We've seen it over and over again for the last twelve years or longer since I've been paying attention. Um, and there are hallmarks of it. There's all kind of examples of it. But anyway, uh, I saw this one photo that was taken like a wide shot from a citizen journalist or just, you know, some some Joe or Jane with a phone. And it was like uh, it was one guy standing amongst the that had like ran in amongst the truckers and he's standing there with a Confederate flag. And there's another, you know, there's a guy with a three thousand dollar camera like right up on him getting the, you know, that big that big featured image that goes with it. And it's like the rest of the crowd, you know, and there's video of the rest of the crowd going fed, fed, fed. Like the crowds are getting good at catching these people now. But the problem is, and and this is why I say they got to take control of the narrative if they want these things to go anywhere, Mm -hmm. because the problem is those ghouls at the CBC or wherever, they'll take that picture. They'll run the worst headline they possibly can. They'll say white supremacist extremists, uh, a fringe minority in trucker protest, blocking roads and stopping ambulances. That's just an example I pull off the top of my head for something they might say. 
And then they've got this great, you know, 50 millimeter photo off a $3,000 camera of some fed boy with his Chinese made, uh, Confederate flag, you know, and the damage is done because all these dum-dums out there see the headline, they see the picture and they go, well, of course, everybody put your blue masks on and get these people out of here. Well, and, and here you go. Uh, I remind people that this works both ways where, you know, occasionally you see anarchists wearing uniforms. This is not correct. You know? <laughs> I'm just saying not everybody all shops at the same shoe shop unless they're buying things for a group. And that's usually what an organization like, I don't know, the cops do stuff like this. I'm just, and it is, uh, the, there's a wide array of possibilities for infiltration and, uh, therefore, uh, uh, demolition from within. So I, I urge caution. I also drop the most interesting headline of the past couple of days on this into the chat room at Ocelli.com, which is freedom convoy counter protester gets hit by truck in absurd display of crisis acting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Which there you go. That encompasses it all. I I look at the article, judge it for yourself. And also look at the video that they're pointing to here of these people getting allegedly hit by a truck. Um, So they they just missed. It's, it's bad acting. See if a crisis actor is good at it, it'll take you a while to figure it out. But these guys clearly they they didn't pay you know for the A list crisis actors. Um, and you can't so, you, you can't man when you've got that that's the thing you know we've seen the small versions of this try to pop up in the past over much smaller issues and saw them get really weird you know, but this is mm-hmm. this is a convoy that at one point was like seventy nine kilometers long or something like that. This and it's decentralized as far as I can tell. All the communications are happening on telegram and signal and social media there's there you know what i mean like there are a couple of like you know social media star type of people who have you know come up as good speakers in it and maybe a couple of those might be dubious i don't know one way or the other but like this thing is not like the the piddly little uh movements that we've seen in the past this is way too big to to be um you know, totally subverted. At least that's that's my opinion at this point. And that's the cool thing about it. It's like that they have to deal with it in a different way because it's an, mm-hmm. it's a it's a number of people and supporters from a broad you know section of Canadians that they they have to do immediate psyops to basically try to paint it the way that the government wants to paint it, which is a fringe minority of uh, extremists with unacceptable views. And obviously, that's not right. what it is. When I've got multiple listeners in in canada sending instagram pictures of them and their kids out there doing it and their husbands and their co-workers and all kinds of people you know it's it's pretty it's pretty impressive and i gotta admit when it when it first started happening i didn't even want to look i was like ah trucker protest no thanks but then it just got too big to ignore i started looking at it and it's like wow this is this is something it is something and uh, again you know i i just I know some people say, well, it's too big. They can't possibly. Oh, contraire. Um, <laughs> you know, there was this little thing called the Tea Party at one point. <laughs> okay, in the United States. Uh, and I contend that the intelligence agency said, oh, no, we're not going to allow that to be. And uh, infiltrated and had it, you know, shuttled or shunted, so to speak, into the uh, GOP as opposed to uh, allowing it to be the freestanding movement it was to begin with, uh, warts and all, it uh, it ended up being subverted and ended up being absolutely hijacked. And I do believe that it was uh, straight up publicly uh, displayed intelligence assets that turned the table on that thing. So, you know, even if they establish themselves as the trucker party, even if they go in there and they, they have a huge organization – and there is a significant minority in Canada willing to stand up and speak against whatever it is they think is tyrannical to their liking. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that somebody's not going to come along and set up some stuff that will off in time. May not be instantly noticeable, but you know, I just caution, caution people. That's all. Uh, am I in support of it? Generally speaking, yeah. But uh, but then again, I've been in support of things like Occupy, too. And I watched that get infiltrated and uh, absolutely turned on his head and turned into a pointless mess. 
which is one of the tactics. But, you know, another one is to uh, dip people in things like racism or dip them in uh, some other sort of violence uh, that is not something that they actually participated in, but they were in proximity to. And, um, you know, take out a few key people that seem to be pushing the narrative oh so well. And the next thing you know, a movement like this collapses. It just happens. So, you know, and, and I'm not saying that any of these other things I mentioned were all clean to begin with. I'm just saying that there was a legitimate amount of people that invested themselves one way or another in different movements, which certainly wish to change the status quo one way or another. And the status quo usually finds a way to defend itself. So you must be on guard. Yeah. Is that a fair enough statement, Hesher, or you think I'm out of line? No, no, I, th I think you're you're being fair there. And uh, I'll um, counterbalance that a little bit just for a moment by bringing up the, the financial support aspect of it. Go fraud me, as they've now been called. Um, mm. They collected almost $9 million in support within a matter of a few days. And then they, they, closed the, they closed the account, offered to return everybody's money, donated a bunch of money to some stupid cause. And, um, but now there's another company, uh, like a, a GoFundMe sort of clone that it's, uh, I don't know, owned by, it's some, I guess it's owned by a, a Christian people or something like that. And it's sort of oriented mm -hmm. towards uh, supporting those communities. I've never heard of it before. I really can't speak to it. But anyways, uh, they made over $2 million within the first 24 hours. Like uh, this is just all public support pouring in for it, you know? So the amount of, it's like you got the amount of people there, you got the amount of truckers there, the length of these convoys, and then just the amount of public financial support that's coming in. I mean, it's, it's really unprecedented. Mm -hmm. No, it does appear to be a legitimate movement. But it doesn't mean that it can't pick up some, uh, you know, unfortunate, uh, what shall we call them along the way, parasites yeah. that either for their own financial gain, which um, <clears throat> you and I have been personally privy to that, uh, where somebody has personally gone in to go gain something for themselves. And then there's uh, other agents provocateur that will show up because uh, that's their job. So just saying, be on the lookout, be vigilant uh, regarding this. And uh, let's see if uh, we can't uh, allow the people's voice to get louder like it should be all along uh, regardless. And I'm not even saying I necessarily agree with every single thing they're saying. But the fact is that the will of the people is something that uh, I'm always in support of as long as it's legitimate. And uh, so there you have it. Anyway, we're actually down to like the last eight minutes here, Ash. <laughs> Um, Man, that went fast. That went really quick, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, so we wound up talking a little more about truckers than I thought we would, but what the hell, that's where it came from today. Anything else on your mind, though, before I close out this hour? Uh, well, let's see here. Um, you had mentioned the, the whole idea of uh, governors pushing gun control, and uh, we got – I just don't understand why anyone running – uh, for governor or mayor of anywhere in this country at this point, after what, after the amount of fear that was just, you know, waterboarded into everybody's third eye via uh, CNN, who we discussed earlier, and other, you know, Fox, all of them, the entirety of both sides of the mass media cartel, and also a whole bunch of uh, pseudo mass media cartel and pseudo alt media. I just don't understand, you know, and the, the, the number of uh, firearms purchased since mm. uh, summer of 2020 has been amazing, like absolutely insane, uh, yep. record-breaking, and people of all walks of life who never before thought about owning a firearm are, are owning firearms now, now own firearms, and the uh, companies where people get trained are working, you know, they, they never have openings. They, they do a lot of classes, and they're all full classes. So it's uh, it seems kind of against the numbers to me for governors to be campaigning on, on gun control. I find that a little bit strange after the authoritarianism that they've displayed and the, the lack of resilience to federal tyranny and outside of the country uh, 
mandates and driven, you know, driven mandates, tyranny, you know, like WHO, for example, United Nations, <laughs> World Economic Forum. Um, it's just, I don't really understand. I guess maybe it's the mail-in ballots. Maybe that's why uh, we have politicians everywhere that are now just behaving for the last couple of years like Cartman, you know, they'll do what they want and, you know, F, <laughs> F anybody that, that doesn't agree because they're Cartman and they don't care because, yeah, they, they'll get... They don't need to worry about getting elected anymore. They can just drop piles of mail-in ballots off every year. See, that's the weird thing about Abrams. No matter what you do, you you would have to so, so feel the election for her because she's anti-gun. And she's not somebody who's in office. She doesn't have an office. She's now going to take a second run at governor in a state where there's no way in hell you are getting elected as an anti-gun candidate, yeah. not for the state. You might be get in uh, in Atlanta. You might get in there for a term or two as mayor. You might get in in Savannah. You might get in in, in, in a place, well, honestly, even like where I live, where you might be able to get in there for a term or two as a mayor. The state itself is going to reject that. Red, blue, it doesn't really matter. Everybody's got a gun in Georgia, baby. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is just stupid. I, I, this is the thing I didn't understand about her, and I really was upset that the Libertarian candidate, uh, Ted Metz, in you know the year that she ran against Purdue, the you know last time, she couldn't win despite the fact that Purdue clearly was in a serious conflict of interest. The Secretary of State at the time he was. Running the election was running for governor. How do you not beat that? I'll <laughs> tell you how you don't beat that is that they're like, I know he's cheating, but she's going to take the guns. You're, you're done. Georgia, you're not going to get elected. Are you stupid? I just I keep asking. But I guess somebody is because even though she's got experienced campaign workers and everything else, nobody thought that was a bad image. It's clearly staged with all the kids. She's got no mask on. They have masks. Duh. Yeah. You're, you're an idiot from your own position. Why? I, I just it's like, hi, I'm here to lose. How you doing? Mm -hmm. Oh, OK. Well, you're here to lose because what? Racism? All right, fine. Yeah. Maybe you're here to lose because the culture, black, white, uh, any other color you want to identify a person as in Georgia is not anti-gun. They will. That's one of those key points. No. <laughs> okay. It's just not going to work. And I'm from, uh, you know, I grew up in a state where gun control was a thing. Uh, and totally understand that attitude up there a bit. I know how it works. I never really agreed with it, but you know what? I lived with it. And quite frankly, a couple of years after I got into Georgia though, I didn't have firearms in my house first couple of years. I didn't, you know why I didn't think I needed them. And, uh, as, as time has gone on, I'm thinking it would be better if I had them. <laughs> so I have changed my mind. It's my right to do that, to have them or not have them. Um, and this woman wants to like eliminate all this stuff. You're out of your mind. <laughs> there isn't, there isn't a, I don't know. I have not met. I don't think a single person in Georgia. Okay. Democrat, Republican, whatever. Trumper. It doesn't matter. I don't think I've met a single person in Georgia. Doesn't at least have a shotgun in their house. Okay. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. It's just it's a question. Anyway, I'm sorry, but the fact that this is going on, it's hilarious uh, with these guns. Because it's like the people that are trying to assert this in certain places, it's it's like, okay, so you've decided that even if the votes were completely legitimate, which they hardly ever are, but if they were, you're going to lose. It's a known fact. Why are you bothering then? You know, even, even half of the guys that would call themselves socialists uh, in Georgia don't want to take anybody's guns. <laughs> Because it's just, it's not part of the deal here. It's not part of the culture. Seriously. And I mean, you can have different cultures in different parts of the country. We do. But this is just stupid. Anyway, I'm sorry, Hesher. Oh, no, <laughs> that's, that's totally righteous, man. I agree 100%. I grew up in a state that loves gun control. And I moved to Texas that loves guns. And uh, it's much 
more polite society here. And uh, we've got our own version uh, out here. I think his name is Beta Beta O'Rourke, I believe. And he campaigns on uh, taking away people's AR-15s all the time. And, uh, you know, never going to win. It's not going to happen without cheating, buddy. Uh, it's just not. Not around here. Maybe maybe Mayor of Austin, like you were saying. That, that could be, but... <laughs> Yeah, no, see, that's the thing, though, is if he was the mayor of Boston, I'd say, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I go, Fine. that makes sense. But, dude, yeah. <laughs> you're going to take guns away from people in Texas? It's so easy to spot people from other states, too. If they have a Beto sticker on their car, it means they're from another state. They probably go to one of the colleges here, or they came here from another state and didn't read the sign on the way in that said, don't bring your broken politics here that ruined your other state welcome <laughs> yeah and i'm not saying that george is even that sophisticated i'm just saying there's simple facts here you know it, it, it's like it, uh, anyway it doesn't matter hesher i leave it to you to close out the hour whatever your final thought is go for it but i'll tell people that they should go over to alternate current radio check out what he's got going over on over there uh not just him obviously but the other hosts that are there which i mentioned at the beginning of the hour if you weren't listening go back rewind it listen to it and uh you know that's that maybe one of these days we'll get back together on some of those other little projects we were doing too and uh who knows Maybe you'll appear uh, uh, more than just on the Monday over here. All options are on the table with you, with you, Hesher. So <laughs> we'll see what you have time to do as you're building what you're building over there. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. I love my Monday night appearances on the Ocelli Effect. Thanks, everybody out there at Ocelli.com. Be sure and check them out if you're listening to this on my podcast stream. I'm the host of The Boiler Room at AlternateCurrentRadio.com. Check out that show if you haven't and all the other shows at the website and uh yeah thanks for giving me the final words tonight chuck and i'll tell everybody to uh remember to keep the door to your heart open and keep your guns cocked i can't disagree with you there in the next hour we'll be talking to the artist currently known as terry tapp so stick around the ocelli effect continues after this